0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today, we're talking about season eight, episode 29, Ricochet. Mary, what happened this week?
1: Just a heads up before we start that this episode contains discussions of severe illness, medical procedures, sexual abuse, and gun violence. Please continue at your discretion. We would rather you be safe than consume this content. Valerie finds out she's a match to donate bone marrow to a patient with leukemia. The whole thing is supposed to be anonymous, but the patient's nosy daughter Judy decides to introduce herself. Valerie feels good about the idea of helping somebody until Judy's brother, Mark, tells her that their dad molested both of his sisters. While Judy has forgiven her dad, the oldest sister has severed all contact. Valerie grapples with her choice, knowing that saving one life could mean putting another at risk. David is robbed at gunpoint while withdrawing money from an ATM. Noah says he should buy a gun about it. David makes the purchase, but is disappointed to find out that there's paperwork and a waiting period involved. So he decides to drunkenly borrow the gun Noah keeps at the pee pad the next time he needs money at nighttime. Then he decides to drunkenly shoot said gun at a dumpster and the bullet ricochets and injures someone nearby. That someone nearby is Gwyneth, Noah's childhood friend who is in town to collect on a two years delayed promise that Noah made when they were kids involving a Ferris wheel and a kiss. Donna is jealous, then not jealous then jealous again, but decides she trusts Noah as long as Gwyneth stays with her and Kelly while she's in town instead of Noah's cold, damp, rocky boat. The Beat interviews candidates for an open assistant position between seeing all the models Steve has coming in for some reason. Brandon and Janet tell Steve that he really needs to change his behavior at the office, and he agrees. Sarah Edmonds, overqualified candidate and ridiculously beautiful woman, is inexplicably into Steve, despite the way he conducts himself during their non-interview. Brandon and Kelly have another days-long argument about infidelity that ends in not one but two accepted marriage proposals. I'd like to say more, but I'm still reeling over this and we just need to fucking talk about it.
2: I mean, literally, do we want to just jump right in on that? Because I have to talk about the marriage proposals.
0: I do, too. And before we do that, I just wanted to point out that I learned that the director of this episode is Anson Williams, who played none other than Potsy on Happy Days.
2: <laughs> and also played Anson Williams on Boy Meets World multiple yes, times. Yes,
0: <laughs> He sure did. So anyway, yeah. And I also have to say that I, when I watched this episode... The marriage proposal happened at the 22 minute mark, which also meant that there were 22 minutes left in the episode. (laughs) And when that happened, I hit pause and I was like, I need to take some time away from this. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a whole 24 hours to recover from what I just saw. And then I went downstairs and told Nate what happened. And he's like, wait. Who proposed to who? And I was like, Brandon and Kelly, Nate. Brandon and Kelly. Listen. (laughs) Pay attention. (laughs) Keep up. Yeah.
2: (laughs) No. this I was watching this episode and John was going to the gym. And so he has to like, you know, commute there, have his workout, come back. And I was like, that's plenty of time for me to watch this 45-minute episode where I'm going to fast forward through the credits and the three minutes of establishing shots. Right. He came home and I had 15 minutes left.
0: Oh my gosh. It
2: took so long to watch this episode.
0: Yeah. They're in, in like this one, much like the previous episode, did have a lot of whiplash, just not quite as like um, conflicting whiplash. Like it was whiplash because it was short scenes, not because of the content. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because,
2: man, I mean, truly, they hacked a lot in these 44 minutes.
0: They really did. They really did because even the first scene, like, it was almost so much that it took me a lot of rewinding and playing and rewinding and playing to get through this first scene just to make sure I knew what was going on when by the end of it I realized I didn't need to write down all the words. I mostly just needed to write down Brandon and Kelly get into yet another fight for some reason.
2: (laughs) And, like... They are weird levels of sassy about it. Like Kelly pulls up the LA Times or whatever to look for the movie Times and finds this article that Brandon passed on and then goes on this whole tangent and he's like, why are we talking about this again? And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, it's like 10 inches of paper that they've devoted to this. How long of an article is that, Steve? And he just goes 750 words like Steve has any idea. Right. I, I refuse to believe he can run a paper and have any idea how a paper is run.
0: Right. But like,
2: yeah, she's finding word count and then saying things like, well, I thought I was pretty brief
0: and like talking about the fact that this councilman that she was reading about cheated on his wife and like projecting that then onto their situation as well. It's like, hold on. The details don't actually matter. She They're trying to set up that Kelly is still upset and I understand that about the cheating and Mm -hmm. they're just reminding us they're using another way to tell us that
1: like i was really confused because was she telling him that brandon should have exposed this affair before some other paper did it and he's a bad person because he didn't
2: yes (laughs) no they're like They ask about the government contracts, and Brandon's like, well, I couldn't verify that, so I didn't put it in the paper. Like, I didn't think these two things were correlated, personally. Yeah. And she very much is just like, well, by not saying anything, you're basically condoning cheating.
0: Right, exactly. She's like, but he cheated on her. And it's like, yeah, that's true. And Brandon's trying to come at it from, like, journalistic integrity standpoint, not from a, like, infidelity morality standpoint but a literal journalistic integrity. So I'm like, y'all both suck. Like, (laughs) A, you didn't run a story and, I mean, didn't do enough detailing on your sources. And B, you also cheated on your girlfriend. So it's like you're both right and wrong at the same time. (laughs) I'm
2: also realizing now not to, like, defend Brandon because this this argument means nothing. Like, it is not actually about what it's about. He works for a small weekly paper yeah. where he's the only writer and <laughs> she's holding like a daily LA Times.
0: Yes. And so the fact like, thick too.
2: Yeah. And so the fact that she's like, how dare you not have the same resources as this LA Times reporter and the same sources. Yeah. Unacceptable. You heard cheating. You should have publicly condoned. I, I do feel like she kind of wants him to use his editorials to just Espouse her opinions on sex and love.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It feels like every time Kelly reads an article about it or about anything, she's like, You didn't take a stand on this issue. And he's like, That's not the point of this article. The point of the article is to inform, not tell everyone my morals. Mm -hmm.
2: It's true. I mean, yeah, like we've seen it, you know, this week and last week, but then also even with that baby. Where they were misdirecting us to believe that Kelly was homophobic and hated gay adoption, but actually was just hormonal.
0: Yeah. And every time you say that baby, I just think of Kelly literally saying, I want that baby.
2: I have to. It's the only way I can talk about that baby.
0: God, what a time. This season has been a ride.
2: I know, right? Man, remember that. That was like yeah. three months ago.
0: I know. Oh my
2: gosh, but yeah. (laughs) So all that to say it's movie night and the three of them are going to go to a movie, Brandon, Kelly, and Steve. Val is not, but she's upstairs at Castle Walsh and she gets a call about being a bone marrow match for somebody because, yeah, I guess she got blood typed as a kid. And we see this, like, really cute moment here where Val feels good about getting to do something good.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, and it's like she it's like she forgot that she was, a, uh, um, you know, she had offered up the chance to donate bone marrow. And then she's like, oh, yeah, because we had a family friend, blah, 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 blah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, you can kind of see her face change to like, oh, wow, I have a chance to make a difference. So she's obviously like, you know, maybe nervous about it all, but she is very much like, no, I want to go see what this is about.
2: Mm. Well, and – yeah, I mean, you know, I love to jump ahead and talk about things in the future. Like, <laughs> there is this scene later where she talks to Brandon. She's like, you know, I try to do good things. Yeah. I like, I'm- <laughs> most of the time, no. But, like, this week, okay.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like, sometimes we we always like to say, like, she just can't help herself. But, like, I genuine, genuinely believe that most of the time she has a good intention and it spirals. Yeah. And, you know, that's okay. Like, that's just her personality. But I really do think in this moment she's trying to do something good.
2: Completely agree. And then elsewhere, to kind of set up the episode, David is working late and at an ATM. And basically he just gets robbed. Like, this guy totally stresses him out, Mm. steals all of his money, takes his wallet, and then – you know like basically traumatizes him and is like if you don't count to 50 i will shoot you and runs away and And that was terrifying it's so terrifying and like david has so much trauma about Mm -hmm. gun violence and he's -hmm. also so broke this man Mm -hmm. picked the wrong person to rob i know and then actually post credits we find out that like pretty pretty soon after this, David called the police and they like tried to take a statement and check things, but ATMs, the camera on the ATM was smashed out and yeah. David never got a look at this guy. So he just got away with it. And right. not only that, he took David's wallet, which had his ID in it, which has his address on it.
0: Yeah. And so there's a lot of advice going around, kind of rapid fire that- You can tell, like, David is very rattled. He's trying to say he's fine, even though, you know, everybody knows he's not. But instead of kind of being delicate about the situation, like I said, like, a lot of advice is being thrown around everything from you should get your locks changed at your house, you should at least get an alarm system, which all things I agree with. But the way Mm -hmm. that it was presented was just like bang, 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 like right in his face. And then finally, Noah's like, you should get a gun. And I'm like, yeah great super wonderful love this love that this is the direction we're going in and some people are like wait what no you shouldn't others are like yeah you should and noah's like well i have one at the boat and at the pee pad and i'm like probably shouldn't tell people that dude probably shouldn't
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay so remind me we've got donna noah kelly brandon val and uh david all this table right
0: Yeah, Nat came by to, like, deliver coffee or something.
2: Okay. Well, I don't have any evidence of Nat being held at gunpoint, but the Peach Pit has been robbed at gunpoint.
0: That's true. Um,
2: Donna has been held hostage at gunpoint. Kelly's been shot. Brandon almost got shot by Dylan when he broke and entered into his house.
0: And was, like, with Kelly when she got shot.
2: Um, Valerie has been, had a gun pointed at her when she and Dylan went to Mexico with Jonesy. Yep. Like this is the worst group of people to bring up get a gun. Oh, and you know, not even mentioning David and Scott, yeah, who exa- he he brings he up later. Saw.
0: Like Yeah, exactly.
2: I feel like this group would just be like, No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And you should like really read our biographies before we hang out again.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: But no, just just glazed over and they all walk in their opposite directions.
0: Yeah, and apparently, like, outside the peach pit, Brandon's heading out. He's he's supposedly following a lead, so he'll be late. Kelly makes some snide comment about something, about basically the yeah. same argument they made earlier. Um, but they're fine. It's like they're still, like, kissing each other and, like, holding hands at the call. Like, I'm like, this kind of snippiness between the two of them, I'm like, this is not healthy. That's the thing. It's like the it's the fine not fine where yes. like
2: Brandon's telling her exactly where he's going to be because he knows she's going to freak out about it and she's like remind me how much you worship me and you can't go a minute without me now you can leave
0: yes it's very it's very much like it's it's insecurities then projected onto the other but it's like that thing where you tell the absolute truth but you make it ex- exaggerated or like um Almost like you're trying to sound sarcastic or fun or bantery about it, but you mean mm. every word, you know?
2: Yeah. No, you're you're trying to be cool.
0: Yes. So, like, hopefully it comes through. Yes.
2: Um, and then we get, you know, a couple other setups. Val goes to the hospital to meet with somebody to kind of get a debrief about bone marrow donations. Basically, they tell us about them and how this yep. whole procedure is going to work. Mm-hmm. And... When they walk out, Val tells David that she's going to do it. And first of all, when he smiles at her back, when she mm-hmm. says that, she's like, I'm going to do it. And then she walks away and then he has that little like smile of like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Adorable. Made wow. my heart warm. <laughs> but there also happens to be this other moment where Val is talking to David about this and this woman is in the hallway and she's like, oh my God, I think you're about to save my father's life.
0: Which bold of her to assume, you know, just a person walking by like, hey, you, you're going to save my dad, "Um, ma'am, I'm not a doctor like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, just bold of her to assume and then so inappropriate, just the most inappropriate because yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were told I'm sure Judy was told that this is anonymous and you are not supposed to know the donor.
2: Yeah, I feel so certain that she tried to do it to be like, look, he's a grandfather. Like, my kids Mm -hmm. aren't going to have their grandfather around. Please help. Like, yeah, so inappropriate. But then her brother comes out and is like, dad wants us and is very stern about this all, which I Mm -hmm. did think in this first moment was like, oh, he he understands this is weird and he's just trying to end this.
0: Yes, very much so. Oh, I meant to look up mark because he looked really familiar so while we keep talking i'll look him and her up she looked kind of familiar too
2: okay yeah because
0: honestly the
2: next thing that happens like we're still really developing plot so the Mm -hmm. next scene is we go to the beverly beat they're apparently interviewing for another assistant i don't understand their financials like yeah i'm telling you they (laughs) they keep being like we can't afford to be here let's pay another person forty thousand dollars a year.
1: Right? It's so funny to me because, like, last week they were having trouble, like, getting the phones answered because Steve was literally too embarrassed to have Janet be in the office with him while he was there. So now they think they need an assistant when really they just need Janet at her fucking desk.
0: Right? Oh, my God. Just like they needed Terry when she was there. Yeah. No.
2: These guys can't run a business. No. And – I mean, kind of case in point with that is, like, the first person that they interview works at a 900 number, so that's a big joke and whatever, Mm -hmm. and then Steve totally flubs the next interview because it's Sarah Edmonds, this beautiful woman, who, by the way, she just walks right in, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure, when there's three people sitting in chairs behind her.
0: Exactly. I'm like, either Sarah was, like, literally right on time for her time slot, or the other's And the others were, like, insanely early. Or, yeah, she jumped the line.
2: I'm convinced she jumped the line. Like, that just feels right for somebody who's interested in Steve. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And the fact that she is, like, completely overqualified for this position, I have no idea what's going on here. But I'm sure it's going to be interesting.
0: Right. Like, it was just so interesting, too, that, like, they were getting, I guess, a mixture of people which I know I'm skipping ahead, but like of just models and then an insanely overqualified person. So it's like, how, what did the ad say? Okay. So
2: the, the first woman we see works at a 900 number, which Mm -hmm. presumably would not be a place that Steve would have sourced people. Then you have Sarah Edmonds and random women behind her that never get named or acknowledged. And then later, yeah, we find out that Steve went to a modeling agency and they only got two responses. Were the only two responses the two interviews, Sarah and the 900 number lady?
0: It had to have been, right? So, yeah, what was this <laughs> ad and where was it? In the Beverly Beat. So, that should give you a good <laughs> idea of their circulation.
2: <laughs> and all of their ads are cigarettes and sex related. <laughs> God.
0: And yeah, when, of course, like when Sarah comes in, she, first of all, she catches the ball that Steve throws or whatever. So, you know, oh my God, she's already. (laughs) She has hand eye
2: coordination. I love her.
0: Steve is completely insourceful and cannot literally speak and tries to get Brandon to interview her, but he won't do it because he's like, dude, I'm literally busy. You need to do this. This is your job. And the interview wasn't even an interview and steve immediately says he can't work with her because he's like attracted i mean he doesn't say it's because he's attracted to her but we all know that's why and again i think i said this last week every time steve is on the screen i want him to go away like it's gotten to the point where everything that comes out of his mouth is so crass and so like one note he has zero depth he has been um what's the phrase um diminished to one completely one note one dimensional Mm-hmm. It, it's bananas. I think Ian earring deserves way better because we've seen better. And it's just – I'm just like, man, you are so typical and this is not interesting.
2: Yeah. I mean this is literally his story this week is that he can't work with women that he finds attractive because he will sexually harass them and then exactly. break up with them mid-date. Exactly. No, I agree with you. He's not interesting at all. So – I'm going to kind of keep this thread going with this group of people because, like you said, he's trying to get Brandon to interview Sarah, but Brandon's Mm -hmm. source actually canceled. So he's got this whole night free and he's like, no, dude, I'm leaving. I'm busy. I have errands to run. I got to go to the gym. I'm going to go see my good friend David and make sure he's okay since he was robbed at gunpoint.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And in all of that, he does not call Kelly to let her know. And so later that day- kelly calls the beverly beat looking for brandon and janet's like oh yeah his source bailed so he went home early but i can leave him a message and kelly is mm-hmm. just like he's cheating Don't on me bother. there's no other yeah. answer he's cheating on me he's lied to me about everything time to spiral
0: yep and like you said like the spiraling thing um we're learning in this episode that she is still very much like concerned about the cheating it's still in her brain it's still lingering one other thing we learned about her is oh okay she really does still live at the peach apartment
2: <laughs> yes I was so happy they finally acknowledged where she like keeps her stuff
0: yeah exactly exactly And they, like you learn in, I think two different ways or maybe three in this episode, this was, like, the first one. There's, like, two other mm. ways that we learn. And I'm like, man, that was so vague for a while. I'm glad we finally have that stone untu- unturned.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> was over. so happy because I mm-hmm. was, like, every episode I'd be like, is she on a sleepover or does she live here?
0: Mm-hmm. What is
2: she doing? Yeah, because <laughs> this is the part where she talks to Donna, right? Oh, no.
0: The Because she time- calls the Beverly, mm-hmm.
2: But, like, here, she calls the Beverly Beat, and then my next line after that is,
0: "Oh yes, he has Gwen yes, yes, staying yes. on
2: a boat with him, so I think yes. Donna comes into her room. Okay.
0: Yes. Because she yeah, was on the okay. phone, and Donna comes into the room, and that's when Donna's like, Noah's got his old friend in town, but I trust him. And Kelly's like, I used to be able to say that, but now I don't think I can trust Brandon.
2: Yeah. Which is, honestly, that's a great segue to talk about Gwyneth.
0: Yes. It made me so mad.
2: I was dying every time I had to type Gwyneth.
0: I could not do it. My brain and my my fingers could not connect to make the keystrokes happen.
2: (laughs) I had to force myself to do it because I was like, if I don't, this is going to be one of those episodes where we get halfway through and I call her Samantha and then we just (laughs) get lost. Yeah. But yeah, it turns out that, okay, she's here on a business trip. I guess while she was flying, she read the article about Noah, which does say that he is single. Mm-hmm. I must remind us all, mm-hmm. he is the mm-hmm. most eligible bachelor of LA. Yep. So she immediately goes to find him. And like, Noah thinks nothing of it. Noah has nothing in his head at any time, I'm convinced. Yep. <laughs> but he introduces her to Donna and is like, oh yeah, we've been best friends since second grade. All this stuff. And it turns out that she is going to stay on his boat with him instead of the hotel room that I presume she booked for this business trip. The trip she was already planning to take. Yeah. (laughs) But no, she's staying on his boat with him.
0: It's just... I got to admit, I think I was naive. Whenever she appears... On the boat, or when we first meet her, I was like, This is fine. Like, they've already okay. done the cheating with Noah and Val. <laughs> Surely they won't do it in a span of what, eight ish episodes or less? I was like, This is fine. Maybe this will be a chance for Noah to prove himself. No. But damn, no. they bamboozled me again. <laughs> I just love the idea. You gave them. The benefit yeah. of the doubt. of like, they're not going to do this again. I'm like, we literally have a cheating storyline in the works right now. Surely they won't stack another on top of it. <laughs> nope. I haven't learned anything.
1: <laughs> just a double-decker peanut butter and infidelity sandwich.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, God. It was just so funny that... Like, yeah, this beautiful woman just shows up out of nowhere after reading the article that says he's single Mm -hmm. and wants to stay on his boat with him.
0: God. It's just totally fine. And, like, I'll stay on this Noah and Gwyneth and Donna and then Brandon and Kelly real quick because then there's two Val scenes, like, that sandwich around it. Yep. But at the next – the next time we see Beverly beat, Brandon's doing an interview this time and Kelly comes by presumably to check up on him, make sure he's where he says he was last night, whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is where we learn that Steve got like women to interview for this job based on a modeling agency rather than people who called classified ad because the woman literally, instead of a resume, hands Brandon a headshot, which I'm like, girlfriend, ma'am, this is a Wendy's like, (laughs) but (laughs) I is not what you think it is.
2: I did really love that, like, presumably they had just sat down for this interview because he says, Can I have your resume? Takes it and says, We'll call you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And again, I'm like, I literally wrote down, Steve is so annoying. Um, It's so bad. It's so bad. And then, yeah, so the, but the main point here is that Brandon tells Kelly that there's not a story in that the, you know, with the source he was supposed to meet and that the source bailed. And mm-hmm. so Kelly's immediately sus because she assumed, especially based on what Janet said, that he was meeting with the source. So now her alarm bells are just like firing off in her head. And Brandon ends up telling her that he went by David's after the source bailed to go check in on him and just make sure he was okay and spend some time with him and of course kelly being suspicious i literally wrote down i was like she's gonna check she's gonna call david and check and she walked right over to the phone in the beverly beat calls david and the good thing is is she doesn't have to ask he just outright tells her that mm-hmm. brandon was there last night but i'm like ooh, this ain't going end well Right. The fact that she couldn't even
2: wait until she was outside on a cell phone mm-hmm. or to her own house, to her own office. She had to literally move two feet and immediately call David. Like, Yes. That's a lot.
0: I know. It's crazy.
2: But yeah, I mean, while all this is happening, Val still has her other storyline, which literally at her point so far is just – I am a bone marrow match and I'm going to do it. But instead, bro- I kept writing Brother Mark and I don't know why that's so funny to me now. Brother Mark. like I think it's because I've been watching a lot of Righteous Gemstones and so I'm just hearing like, Brother Mark.
0: Oh my God. Add another show to my list that I have. The first so thing,
1: good. like one of the first things that popped to my head when her name was Judy and then like I was like. <laughs> At one point in my nose, I wrote, what the fuck, Judy? And all I could think of was righteous gemstones.
2: That's so good. (laughs) Okay, anyway. (laughs) Brother Mark shows up at the pee pad and Val is so excited. She's like, oh my God, I get to save your dad. I'd love to meet him. Like We all know that Val has issues with uh, parental figures paternally. Parental figures specifically, like also her mom, but like she's got dad issues in a sad way. And then Mark is just like, I actually really would like to talk you out of doing Mm -hmm. this bone marrow donation because my father molested my sisters and just drops that bomb on her. And he doesn't stop. You can see on her face, she's like, I can't hear this. This is not okay for me. Her face just falls and he will not stop.
0: Right, and yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because I was almost thinking that Val may have gone into a panic attack. Like, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. have surprised me if the show took it that way, especially because of, like, the environment of the pee pad with, like, thumping bass and, you know, like it would have been a perfect environment for everything to be just too much of an overload. But, yeah, he just – Mark just keeps on talking.
2: It upset me so much, and he, like, kind of does, like – a. Another one where he's like, if I was you, I would let him die. Or like, if right. it was up to me, I would let him die.
0: Which is like, I think the intention is, it's kind of like the last episode with Donna's intention versus execution. It's like, mm-hmm. I think the intention was probably from a good place. Like, he's like, hey, I need to let you know who you're dealing with, even though it was all supposed to be anonymous. It's like, as soon as that anonymity was broken, now like kind of all bets are off and mark was probably thinking like all right i gotta let this girl know what is at stake here mm-hmm. and so that she can make a decision for herself but of course then the execution is just like like whatever the version of love bombing is for this yeah. info you know what i mean it was just like fast and furious interface deal with it mike drop by yeah the deal with it just yeah got me But I will say, to Val's
2: credit, like, she goes Mm -hmm. back to the therapist or whatever the next Mm day, and they're like, oh, yeah, you need to go to the lab for your blood work. But she starts asking questions about the recipient of her bone marrow. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she's still trying to say, like, maybe it's not him. Maybe I can still help somebody. Maybe I don't really have to think about this. But it just turns into a lot more pressure of, like, if you don't do this, he will die. And then Val's like, oh, He's a he's a he, it's a guy. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I think it's him. Yep. And I'm actually gonna keep on this again for a little bit because they the if you don't do this, he will die really gets her. So she goes down to the lab, she's doing her blood work, and then Judy comes in because Judy cannot let well enough alone. Like this woman is too invasive.
0: She's just magically there. She happens to be right outside the place where they take blood.
2: hmm And she brought her children to see her elderly father who abused her as a child. Mm-hmm. And Val just – I don't know how to say it. Like Val just kind of has to like go into her Val like this is how I talk about this. Where she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, my dad did that to me too. Did right. he go through therapy? Are you sure he's not going to do this to anybody else?
0: Right. And like – how old's your daughter? Yeah. Which is terrifying.
2: Oh, my gosh. No, it's – I appreciate everything that Tiffany Amber – oh, my gosh. Tiffany Amber Thiessen does as Val, but,
0: mm-hmm. like,
2: they are asking so much of her all the time to have oh, to have I these know. conversations.
0: I know. I mean, I think, yeah, that's an excellent point because she does she does it's kind of gosh it makes me think of how sarah michelle gellar was in buffy it's like they gave her beyond material like like beyond like you think on the surface you think not you but like the the royal you thinks that buffy the vampire slayer is just a monster of the week kind of sci-fi show right and then you actually get into watching it and you're like oh my god the amount of stuff between physical stunts you know being in almost every scene but then the like you start to really get in the show and it's the, all the emotional heavy lifting that she has to do I mean it is bananas and I really do think shows do that because they know their actors can handle it right and mm-hmm. but you still have to think like these actors are, are literally playing a part but they, it's so hard to separate like you're you're playing a part for so long and so so much detail that it's hard to separate so you have to think that the more you give a person, the more it seeps into their brain when they're not on set. And so when I think about the stuff they did with Brenda, the stuff they did with Kelly early on and even in the middle, and now with Val, I'm like, my goodness, like, there's just so much depth here. And I'm like, I mean, I'm thankful that we have extremely well-rounded and and really in-depth female characters, but I'm like, can we please allow this for Steve? <laughs>
2: I mean, literally, I was going to like barely brush over the Steve scene because it's just another scene about how Steve says that they can't hire Sarah Edmonds because he has a crush on her and everyone else tells him to stop being the worst. Like, that's literally right. all he does this entire episode.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, can we please like respect Ian Ziering enough to give him more content? Some yeah. challenge?
2: Oh, it could have been so interesting if, like, he was the match and then he found this information out and Val was just like, well, how could you do that for somebody? Like, how could Mm -hmm. you let that – that could have been interesting. And then given both of them something to do. Right. Oh, my gosh. But then also while all of this is happening, while Val is dealing with this stuff at the hospital, we find out that David has gone to a gun store.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: To buy a gun. And he brings up Scott. He brings up watching his friend kill himself, mm-hmm. and is just mm-hmm. like, "I have to wait eleven days."
0: Never There's no have way, I ever. Yeah, never have I ever been more thankful for that law, and and that they brought it up. You know, in the sh- in the show.
2: Well, and I was so scared at this point. I was like, are we going to do the thing again? Like when Dylan wanted to get a gun and went and bought it out of the back of some guy's van and then almost accidentally shot Brandon, like, are we going to go down that route? Which, frankly, I might have preferred, since that feels tamer than what happened.
0: Yeah, and it's just, I think, it's also like, if we recall... David has history of mental illness. You uh-huh. throw on something extremely traumatic that should be the first thing that people are thinking of and not in a you know presumptive way like, like oh I assume you're going to quote unquote go crazy not anything like that but let's pay special attention to David for a while. Let's like check in with him. Let's Ask him to go to therapy or talk to somebody, talk to his parents, like mm-hmm. use some resources. Yeah. yeah. They never call Mel. No. <laughs>
2: Jackie was just here last week. I feel like it would be so funny if she showed up and just like, David, I've been so worried about you. How does my chin look?
0: <laughs> I haven't I mean- had a salad in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just got a smoothie and she just slurps it through a straw. <laughs> Honestly, that would be better than what we got.
2: <laughs> I know. I mean, in, in reality, I do feel like people should be like subtly keeping an eye on him. Like yeah. you can hear how he got so frustrated when Kelly called him after Brandon came over last night. But Brandon came over quietly and didn't make a big deal out of it. Right. And then Val could have been like, I need your support. Mm -hmm. At the hospital, when really she's like, please come to the hospital with me because I don't trust you by yourself.
0: Yeah, right, right, right.
2: Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, we get this other, like, really short scene. I just feel like there's things worth setting up that we can come back to later where Noah, Gwyneth, and Donna are all drinking champagne together. And Donna is clearly a little drunk. They all are. And she asks if they've ever slept together because that's not going to drive her insane. (laughs) Right. Like, I just feel like that was such an odd question for Donna to ask.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, dude, Donna, don't write checks you can't cash, baby girl. Like, (laughs) Yeah. But like,
2: no, it basically turns into – Donna and Noah making out on the floor while Gwen goes to her room by herself and is just like, yeah, I've maybe been in love
0: once (laughs) just staring at Noah. When I tell you that this scene made me uncomfortable,
2: (laughs) they were like full on eating each other's faces
0: in front of on the floor, like on their knees making out. Like, I don't, I don't get uncomfortable that often. Like, or at least have that secondhand, you know, like, you can get embarrassed for people. And, like, Nate gets it big time. Scott's Tots haunts them forever. But I don't usually, that doesn't bother me. But this bothered me. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I but i will say did this beginning of the episode i mean uh scene not feel like we were about to get a threesome absolutely (laughs) like she's like oh did you
2: guys ever and they're drunk and Uh then they could have been like well do
0: you want to like right
2: they're making out on the floor and she's like oh i gotta
0: go to bed and they'll be like no no stay come sit with us well and it makes me think like honestly think donna would have been okay with whatever the conversation was on the ferris wheel had happened on the boat with all three of them together like talking about their pact at 21 or whatever mm-hmm. no i feel boat, very
2: i feel very confident that drunk donna would have just been like Well kiss her
0: yeah exactly right so anyway i was uncomfortable yeah
2: <laughs> okay speaking of uncomfortable Let's talk about the next couple scenes with Brandon and Kelly. And then subsequently, Donna and Val and Steve. Yeah. Because Brandon is home. He's at Casa Wall. She's in the bathroom in the other room. And Kelly is just like straight up going through his pants. Like she pulls out a receipt for something, whatever. And he's basically explaining how he's been working so late at the Beverly Beat. But he comes out and catches her going through his jeans. And, okay. So, it basically turns into not not a fight, but this thing where she's like, I need proof that I'm not crazy for doubting you. I don't want to feel crazy anymore. Mm -hmm. This is terrible. I feel not like myself. Mm -hmm. And so, Brandon proposes marriage
0: and just seconds before was getting annoyed that kelly can't let this go i'm like i i just like i understand kelly's behavior the last couple of episodes and and a lot of this season has been like for lack of a better word crazy it's just been erratic right it's been Mm -hmm. hard to handle in, in a relationship i'm sure it's hard for her on the inside But for me, it's like she was actually being vulnerable here and, like, letting him in and saying, like, I'm messed up. Like, I I can't sort this out. I I Mm -hmm. need you to reassure me. I need – I don't know what I need, but I need something to help with this. And his first response is to, can we stop talking about this? Can we stop bringing this up, basically? I forget what his exact words were, but it was basically like, are we still on this? And I'm like, yeah, you literally cheated on her. Like, I'm sorry, but she – her trust has been broken. It's going to take more than just, oh, I've stayed with you for the last three months or however long it's been and not (laughs) cheated on you. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you've been doing the bare minimum for the last three months by just staying committed to me in a monogamous relationship? And I'm not allowed to be mad about about the cheating still. Well, and that's the thing is, like, we should really –
2: The way this scene should have ended instead of being a proposal and an acceptance of our proposal, like we all know, everybody knows, probably should have been them breaking up because if she can't drop this and he can't do anything to reassure her because he did mess up, yeah, what are we supposed to do? We're just going to run in circles and have the same fight over and over again. And Castle Walsh's walls are thin.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And- there's two points that Steve, magically, and Val make that are in the subsequent scenes that I'm like, yeah, they're 100% right. And, yeah, it was just like obviously should should not have happened, the proposal and all of that. And I understand why he did it, and I understand why she said yes, but it absolutely should not have happened at all. And that was the moment when I was like, I need a break. <laughs> mm-hmm
2: well and the next scene after this is like so unhinged it's it's you do need a break because if you come right into this i swear i was like heated mm-hmm. trying to keep up with everything because you see kelly is at the peach pit having coffee with donna tells her they're engaged donna wants to know everything and it was like i don't know if you really do because she's going to get to the end of this not romantic story yeah. And you're gonna be like, Girl. No.
0: I know. And you get those like finishing each other's sentences of the each scene. Um mm-hmm. of Yeah. And like Steve or Brandon says to Steve and Val, like, we almost broke up and Kelly's like, Instead we got married and like I, I thought it was hilarious, Val's interpretation of Kelly saying yes. Like
2: <laughs> I just love That she's like, so you proposed because you were in an argument, you couldn't win. You couldn't get out of an argument, you couldn't win. And then on the other side, you've got Donna being like, of course I'll be your maid of honor.
0: Right? And I just, uh, yeah. Uh
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some short stuff, whatever. Honestly, I'm going to skip it because I don't care and we'll just bring it up later. Because nothing happens today. We have to skip all the way to the Ferris wheel later that night. Mm -hmm. Where, like, this is so romantic. Like, this is another one where I don't think Noah realized what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Because we find out that this whole thing with them is that Gwyn is scared of heights and Noah is going to take her on a Ferris wheel to help her get over her fear of heights or something. Mm
0: -hmm. So...
2: He bought out the entire amusement park or a pier or whatever so that they'd have the Ferris wheel alone. He bribes the ride attendant to stop at the top so that they can be alone together. Mm-hmm. And then they ride up and he is like centimeters from her
0: face. Like so close. I wrote – my notes were – at the top they stop and she is nervous and they are talking insanely close together way way too close together like i as close as i am to the mic right now is how close noah was to like they could smell each other's breath they could like my god it it was like you know how sometimes you get really close like like in bed or whatever with your spouse and you get so close that your eyes like start seeing double vision. And so you have to back Mm -hmm. up a little bit to let your eyes correct. That's how close they were.
2: (laughs) Truly. They were so close. And then while they're like this, while his arm is around her and they're so close to each other's faces, Gwen is just like, do you remember that we made this promise that no matter where we were when we were 21, We would kiss and see if we were meant to be. And then he does it. Like, the fact that he does it and then pulls away and is like, but you know I'm with Donna, right? So, like, this passionate kiss I just gave you and this incredibly romantic evening mean nothing.
0: Well, that's what's wild is, like, all he says is, you know I'm with Donna. Not, I can't kiss you because I'm with Donna and I don't want to cheat on her. Mm -mm. Just, you know I'm with Donna. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like Noah is brain empty enough to have taken Donna's, you should keep your promises, like as literally <laughs> as he possibly could. Right. It's like, well, I'm here because Donna told me to be. I better kiss her because that's what Donna would want me to do.
0: <laughs> God, semantics, Noah, semantics.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. But then, so they get down from the Ferris wheel. They go to the pee pad and they're still very close. They're still physically very close together. And then Donna comes out of the bathroom and I could not really read what was happening with Donna because she's got that like weird uh, braided slash knotted hair Mm
0: -hmm, and mm -hmm. she's
2: also kind of acting a little
0: drunk. I know. It was like, I think sultry is kind of the word because, or like petty or like- that's the, you're not, well, Ariel, you might get this reference. Mary, you probably won't. Sorry. But she was actually like Red K Kara. Like when Kara was on the Red Kryptonite and was like sauntered into the club, like a totally mm-hmm. different person trying to dance all up on James. I'm like, this isn't Kara. Like this felt like not real Donna. Like Donna was this on is Red a Kryptonite. This isn't you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did you drop out of Yale? <laughs> Like, it was so weird
2: to me because she comes out kind of acting weird, definitely dressed differently than she Mm -hmm. normally does. Like, still the tight dress, but with the hair and all the stuff differently. And then David's sitting at the bar, but he's supposed to be the one who's drunk because she makes him promise to take a cab home. Yep. (laughs) But then she says that she sees Noah and Gwen and then sends Gwen to go say hi to David. Which makes no sense to me. Why would Gwyn give a shit?
0: Right. Exactly. yeah, exactly. But then Noah pretty
2: immediately confesses to Donna what he did. Which I do appreciate. But bro, you literally just cheated on her and then got arrested for it.
0: Yeah. And like oh God, where am I? oh there it is. I was like, at least oh, yeah, he's I- he's honest. But he can't blame Donna for still being mad. Like, just because you tell the truth doesn't mean there aren't consequences for that truth-telling, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad he didn't lie to her about it, but he can't be surprised that she's mad.
2: Oh, she's pissed. She leaves immediately.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then I kind of want to continue this storyline because this is a pretty wild night. For everybody remaining at the P-Pad. Because it literally always is. How the P-Pad doesn't have like a two-star rating on Google, I'll never know. Right. Because David's hammered. And he offers to buy a round of drinks for the bar. He realizes he's out of money. Okay, I'm sorry. First he offers a round of drinks to the bar and then tells Gwen that he can pay for it because he went to the ATM like a big boy. Mm. But then – He's out of money. So he's like, oh, I got to go to the ATM again. So he jumps the bar, gets the gun that he knows Noah keeps at the P-Pad, and he knows everything about the P-Pad bar because he used to own it. Yep. And is like just waving it around. And Gwen is just like, why am I here? I need to leave as soon as possible. So she grabs Noah, tells him, David got your gun, and now he's walking out in the street and. They try and stay, like, a reasonable distance behind him while he's drunkenly walking down an alley, still just waving a gun around to the point that he accidentally sets it off. Like, he accidentally pulls a trigger. I don't know how that happens, but that's because I've never held a gun before, but he thinks it's funny.
0: Yeah, he's like, holy crap, it worked, basically. And luckily, it shot into a dumpster full of trash Mm -hmm. and nothing bad happened. But literally, I, where is it? Yeah, I wrote down. I was like, he's talking about what happened, waving the gun around. He fires it into the dumpster, dump, dumpster, the dumpster (laughs) where it could have ricocheted anywhere. I wrote, and I was like, oh. Yeah. As soon as you said it,
2: you were like, that's what happened. Yeah.
0: I was like. Ugh, David. He's talking about what happened to him, waving it around. He literally then fires into the dumpster where it could have ricocheted anywhere, and yep, that's the episode title, and it does exactly that, and hits Gwyneth in the arm.
2: Mm-hmm. And they rush her to the hospital where she is acting like she's dying from, like, this bullet grazing her. Like, I swear mm-hmm. she's being more dramatic than Kelly was when Kelly got shot and needed emergency mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. But- She's like, oh, my God, I feel so weak. I think I'm going to pass out. No, don't leave me. Mm -hmm. And then they take her away. And the doctor is just like, I need to call the police because someone shot her. And you literally just admitted to it.
0: Right. Exactly. Because David is still hammered.
2: And so David gets arrested for, I think they say, like, only a misdemeanor. But it's for, like, a uh, illegal possession or something
1: yeah but yeah Yeah, so presumably something about like reckless discharge of a firearm or something like that yeah
2: (laughs) whatever it is it's a misdemeanor so he gets out pretty quickly but yeah the rest of this evening is gwen getting stitches in her arm noah staying with her donna being pissed at noah for kissing gwen and david being in jail for firing a weapon that's not his
0: and like Donna apologizes for walking out on him, which I don't think she should have apologized for. But at least Noah didn't I guess thank her for her pol- apology, like didn't make her feel like that was her what she had to do. He was like, "No, I should have I shouldn't have done what I did." Like la la la. And by the way, I'm getting rid of all the guns because of what happened. So like mm-hmm. Even though I don't think this is the last time Noah will cheat on a woman, I think he's at least learning something (laughs) (laughs) along the way. Just not like he's learning a right thing, just not all right things.
2: (laughs) I love the idea. And he's like, I cheated on my girlfriend and that's how I learned guns are bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Like, okay, just cheat on people a couple of more times and maybe we'll teach you all the lessons you should already know. Mm hmm. Because, yeah, I'll tell you the lesson he doesn't learn. After he realizes that Gwen is in love with him, he still offers the boat to take care of her and, like, calls her job to tell them that she can't come home. And she's just going to stay on the boat and he's going to take care of her while his girlfriend knows that they kissed.
0: Yep. Yep. And
2: Donna's face when she's just like, no, absolutely not. You're staying at my apartment where me and Kelly can keep an eye on you.
0: Yeah, I can watch you there. We conveniently have another room available, which is true. But also that means I know when you're here, I know when you're not here. And if you're not here, then you must be with Noah. But you can't be because I will be with Noah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, Donna is having none of it. She's like, I'm sorry you got shot, but I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's like everything that happens to Noah and Donna and David all through the night. Meanwhile, at Casa Walsh, Kelly has come over to do laundry and there's just like this very interesting conversation between her and Brandon because she can't help herself. She has to start this up again where Mm -hmm. she's like, I can't believe you got the nerve to ask me. As in, I can't believe you got the nerve to ask me to marry you.
0: Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I didn't really think about it. And she's just like,
2: excuse me, because you should think about it. This is forever.
0: And like, <laughs> he's talking about how he doesn't feel safe
2: ever. I loved that part. She was just like, oh, you weren't thinking about it, but you've proposed to me before and I've said no. So you thought you were safe in me saying no again. And he just goes, I never feel safe.
0: Right. I'm like, good Lord. It was so bizarre. And then she's
2: like, "All right, I'm leaving with my laundry." And he's like, "You are?" Like they didn't just have this weird conversation.
0: Right. Like, "Why don't you stay here?" And she's no, she's like, "No, I think I'm going to stay apart from you until we get married because then you're the only person I can live with once we're married."
2: <laughs> <laughs> then I don't have a choice. I have to move back in. Yeah. Yeah, so presumably she takes her laundry and goes home which i also find it funny she asks him for a bag because her car is a mess and i just want to be like then how did it get here (laughs) yeah exactly but it doesn't matter the next thing we see at casa walsh val is sitting at the, the like breakfast counter in the kitchen and brandon goes past without saying hi because he's mad at her for pointing out that he shouldn't have proposed to his girlfriend when he didn't want to,
0: I think. I guess. I literally wrote down, why would Brandon be mad at Val? And I guess I should know, like, it could take. It could be the smallest thing. Like, Brandon's always mad at Val. Like, somebody's yeah. always mad at Val. It's just Brandon this week. Yeah.
2: And, like, it hurts her because she needs help. She needs advice mm-hmm. about what's going on. And she does tell him. She's like, his kid, this guy that I'm donating bone marrow to – his kids told me that he's a monster and I don't know what to do. And so Brandon's super helpful and is like, well, if you don't do this, you'll be letting him die.
0: And that is perhaps the exact take I expected from Brandon. Like, Oh, sorry. I wrote this down.
2: If she doesn't do it, she'll be taking a man's life. Right. She will be the one killing him, not letting him die, killing him. Right.
0: Exactly. And, and that's why I think I wrote that down as it being the exact take that I assumed Brandon would take. Because- it's the absolute most self-righteous take. is mm-hmm. like making somebody believe that if they don't use their bone marrow to donate to a person, if they don't do that, that is the same thing as killing. I'm like, oh my God, what okay. So if she wasn't a match, would she still be killing this man by not donating it- her unmatched mm-hmm. bone marrow? No, that's because none of this makes sense. Brandon, think about it for two seconds. (laughs) I just can't can't think about it like that because that's what Brandon does is is I feel like he goes to extremes. And like if he knows Val's history
2: and he knows about this guy – why is he not more empathetic about it?
0: Yeah, like for the guy that was so ambivalent when it came to the Noah Val rape trial, he was the one that would not never take a side. I'm like, you sure I think in black and white right here.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you another person who should not live with Brandon, Val.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Although I'm sure she's like baked it out to where she basically doesn't have to pay rent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure.
0: She has maloned her way into this house. She's like, I can't possibly move. Like, he's insufferable, but I stay here for free.
2: <laughs> well, and then, like, I don't know. I think something happens off screen, or apparently, Brandon saying she'll be murdering a man actually makes her feel okay enough to go to the sister's place, Sister Judy, uh-huh.
0: to tell them
2: <laughs> they can't donate the bone marrow. And then Judy loses her mind, slams the door in Val's face, calls her a murderer, and then she and Brandon just, like, leave, and Brandon doesn't say anything the whole time.
0: Right. And, like, Val makes the point of, this is the choice that I can live with, and I just have to keep thinking, this is why these things are anonymous. Mm Mm-hmm and the and and what i've kind of gone back to is like the reason these things are anonymous is because literally doctors have a an oath to take that says do no harm. They don't discriminate on the person. They don't ha- get to be judge, jury and executioner. They literally are in charge of saving people's lives when they can. And mm-hmm. This is exactly why because they can't get involved in who the person is, who the family is, what if what consequences or effects ha- like this person has on other people. They cannot get in that because if so, then they would then be deciding whose life is worth it or whose life is valued above somebody else's. And the fact that Judy and Mark, I mean mostly Judy but Mark too, got in the middle of all this, they they should have removed Val from the donor list or 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 something like I don't know what the right answer here is, but because that breach of confidentiality was or or sorry that because that confidential confidentiality was breached, everything went out the window,
2: yeah, and that's the thing, right like doctors are compelled to help people. Val is just a normal person who doesn't have to
1: exactly.
0: Like,
2: She is a normal person who is totally fine to, like, let her biases get in the way of helping someone who is a predator. Like, yeah, sorry, that guy does not have a right to Val's bone marrow, which is a whole different conversation. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter because after David gets out of jail, the hospital calls his house and tells him that they found another bone marrow donor and Val's off the hook.
0: Right, right.
2: And then they get into a fight.
0: And I got to be honest with you this fight did not track with me.
2: I have no idea why he is just like, you're clearly not over your father and it's tearing us apart.
0: Yeah. And he's like getting all high and mighty about how she should be in therapy and how she needs to like, he didn't say like, get over this, but in, in not so many words, he basically says, get over it. And I'm like, Hold on. Like, I think for the most part, the reason this didn't track with me is because I was confused. I thought this came out of nowhere. This was extremely like pot, meat, kettle, because I'm like, David, you also should be in therapy. Think about what literally happened to you two days ago and the kind of mental health you've been through. Yeah, I
2: I think there is a big difference between what happened to the two of them, and I yeah. get that this is like a trauma response for him, but he tells her, he's like, two people could have died because we didn't want to deal with what happened to us. Like, okay, you got robbed at gunpoint once. Like, Valerie's entire life was affected by this.
0: Right, and that's that should be more of a sign that they both should be in therapy because – Exactly you know, you can't really compare the two because they're 2 they're just two totally different things, but also they're both traumatic and they both clearly have had an effect on each other's lives and theirs together. So it's like, this should show you that it doesn't matter what the trauma is, how big or small you perceive that trauma to be. They both need help separately Mm -hmm. and maybe even together, you know, if that's the path they want to go down, but absolutely separately. And I just, The fact that David got to be all high and mighty and kind of be on a pedestal and, like, get the last word, I was like, this does not track. This is not. mm -mm."
1: It felt like we missed something. Like, there should have been some in between where we can see David working through all of this stuff. Because what it felt like to me is that, like, he had a point but lost it when he started talking (laughs) Yeah. Like they both do need therapy and they both do need to work through this stuff. And I think it is fair to for David to bring that up because when he has been in crisis mode, the way that Val in the past has dealt with that has been to introduce him to some really unhealthy coping mechanisms, yes. like climbing up to a high place and look down
0: yes. Yes. like
1: that's not good. And, yeah, absolutely, they both need to work through that stuff. But the way that he presented all of his thoughts just didn't make any sense.
0: And it felt a lot like projection. Because when he claimed that she goes too far, she used that example of, you know, her bringing him to that high place and looking down. But also, he brought her to Vegas – and blew through a crap ton of money. So I'm like, he's, they're the same, or or they have similar coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So it sounded yeah. more like he was projecting, but didn't recognize it. While also pointing yeah. like out some real things about Valerie too.
1: It mm-hmm. felt to me like he was sitting in that room, like having just like, just sitting there thinking and going through all of this stuff. And what came out of him was a conclusion but we didn't see how he got from point a to point b so like there he is saying some valid things but there should have been more dialogue to lead up to that place to get to the point of i think both of us have problems with how we decide to cope with situations and it's clearly affecting both of our lives and maybe we together should make a choice to better ourselves to be better for each other
0: yes mm-hmm. It, it was yeah. like too combative when it was a real opportunity to like, kind of like go in this with a stronger together mentality
1: yeah and, it was like he had a breakthrough about himself and then tried to apply that logic to Val to have a breakthrough for her when right, she right. wasn't in the right place for that to happen and also he needs to think about what he's saying a little bit harder
2: yeah totally. yeah that's That's the thing. Like her thing is not his thing. So I'm glad that you had your epiphany, but she can't have your epiphany for her thing. And I spent this whole time, like every time he gets really like emotional, like all of these things, he has his swings, he goes out drinking heavily. Like I just get scared because I know that's a thing they can just pull out of their back pocket as writers and be like, oh, he's going to have an episode. And like, I don't want to see it, and so it scares me when he does things like this. I'm like, we're so close to the end of the season, he could just, like, go too far.
0: Right, right. And um, side note to kind (laughs) of end on a lighter note, Mary, when you said valid earlier, that's their ship.
2: (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs) Ooh, that's good because I don't think we had one for
0: them. I don't think we did either. Yeah, I feel
1: like we had called them Valvid. I can't believe we missed (laughs) Valid. God, that's perfect.
0: Or like, I I mean, like, because that is a true word, but like Valorid kind of sounds funny too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
2: my god. But Uh. like, I also agree that there should have been stuff that we saw. Like, I said that with the Brandon and Val stuff just before this, and now we've got David before Val comes in. There should have been more. Mm -hmm. But instead... We can pretty much wrap up everything that happened with Steve and talk about how all of that could have gotten cut.
0: Yeah. Because. Right, right.
2: Like, we had found out earlier that they offered the job to um Sarah and she came in in person to turn it down. Like, she was like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to take it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the reason that she won't take the job is because she thinks Steve is cute and that she doesn't date people that she works with or for. Mm -hmm. So now, even though Steve is terrible and Brandon and Janet still don't have help in the office, Steve gets what he wants and he needs to date the pretty girl who is out of his league.
0: Yeah, I – based on – And he did nothing to earn it. Exactly. Based on literal looks. Like, that is – um, I and I I wish Janet would just walk
2: over and be like, I have to stop you right there <laughs> please don't like I, I dated don't. him two weeks ago. Let not worth
0: you. it <laughs> And it's just when we talk earlier about like Noah not learning anything, it's like how is this perpetuating Steve learning any lessons because literally Janet's whole thing was like you have to stop. Ba- like dating people based on first sight right and like and that being it and now back to back to back we get you know so many women coming into the beverly Beat or encountering steve and just being in source hold, and then steve being in source hold, and it's like there's literally no substance behind this so how in the world is steve gonna eventually get out of this and be friends with a person first which was what janet's point was to then date them i i it just again, it's it's replayed, it's outdated, and I don't have any interest in it.
2: I'm so bored with it. Like that's literally it. That's all Steve did all week, and I hate it. And we should have just cut the whole thing and just had him in the scenes with Brandon and or Kelly talking about their story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, because
2: he's he still would have been in the show. Yes, because he and Brandon are talking earlier that day about how Brandon wants to buy a new engagement ring because the old one he's like it's cursed (laughs) like we've used it too much I can't go find myself in old man makeup again that's not (laughs) happening and Steve is like okay fair whatever the Mm -hmm. ring shouldn't matter though like you're marrying Mm -hmm. the person just like find a way to make it work don't don't blame it on the ring right (laughs) like I don't know Brandon says this thing where he's like well yeah but once you're married you can't just break up date other people and then get back together yeah and so the ring is gonna fix that for him
0: right and it's like this is another point where I was mad at Steve because Steve clearly doesn't know how relationships work because he thinks it's a badge of honor and a thing to be proud of to break up and get back together because it's like you still make up that's not baggage that's something to be proud I'm like literally not how relationship works you should not base the success of a relationship on the amount of times that you end your relationship and then restart it. Like that's not a measure of success. That's a backslide, like constant Mm. backslide is what that is. That's
1: like approaching the definition of insanity, trying things over and over and expecting a different result.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so Brandon has to explain how relationships work to Steve and, then he says, like, all we did was get engaged. I'm like, um, that's a monumental thing. And then Steve starts saying, well, now that she has to uh, start planning a wedding, she's going to turn into a bridezilla. And like, la, la la. I'm like, God bless America. Just make Steve alone his entire life, please. No woman deserves this. Like, <laughs> there's...
2: There's this episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets on the Itchy and Scratchy show, and it's Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, but everybody hates Poochie, and so to write him off the show, they they just show like a cartoon stick figure of Poochie going, "I must leave. My home country needs me." And then he just gets in a rocket ship and goes away. That's what I want for Steve. I want one day (laughs) Steve just comes down with a suitcase and is like, "I have to leave. My mother is actually alive. I'm going to Mexico.
0: Bye." or like make your live on like in like Florida now so it's like so far away across the country that like it's not that easy to get back to.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just I have to leave. Just go away. I don't care. Yeah. Cuz yeah, there's this other so that's how Brandon and Steve start their morning. Donna and Kelly start their morning in such an adorable way. Donna went out and bought Kelly a wedding planner and wakes her up in bed with it so that they can mm-hmm. look at it together. She's She's like the most supportive maid of honor in this moment. And meanwhile, Kelly's like, I literally can't even pick a date for this wedding because Brandon's not actually used to the idea. Like he doesn't actually want to marry me. She knows.
0: And Donna reminds her that like this was his idea. And I'm like, "Okay, but he did it to avoid a fight. So.
2: Well, and I love that Donna ends the conversation or at least what we see of it if. She's like, you can't, if you can't say that you trust Brandon, you can't say yes to his proposal. 100%. It's the only thing I agree with. And then I guess, you know, Brandon and Steve separate, they part ways. Donna parts ways to go talk to Noah and Gwen about where she's going to stay. Mm-hmm. And Brandon goes to see Kelly to tell her the idea about the new ring. And she's even just like, I literally have the other one. Like, I'm wearing it right now.
0: Right. Like, she doesn't care at all, even though he's like, I don't want you to wear it because he originally gave it to her for the wrong reasons. I'm like, you're literally trying to give her a different ring for the wrong reasons now. Like,
2: I know. You're just pretending. Just proposing. you're proposing.
0: Like-
2: <laughs> Which is funny because he actually ends the episode with proposing again.
0: I know. And it is a little bit cuter this time, but it's still not for the right reasons. I literally wrote down, like... He asked her to marry him again and she says yes and it's a little cuter, but still not for the right reasons.
2: I mean it really doesn't help that they started this scene with him being like, Yeah, I want to get you a new ring. And she's like, But why? Actually, right there is where you proposed to me the first time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Remember when you were trying you were jealous of Dylan when <laughs> and wanted to When I cheated you on you with Dylan? <laughs> yeah. I was wearing rollerblades, and so were you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, they were holding rollerblades, I think. That's true. I don't think they were actually wearing them yet.
0: I think they fell down.
1: Wasn't she rollerblading with Dylan and then Brandon interrupted to propose to her?
2: (laughs) I think so, because that's when Dylan knocks her over and makes out with her in the grass and asks her to go on the world trip.
1: Which is wild, because of all of the people you'd expect to rollerblade, it would be Brandon.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: (laughs) I mean, have you seen him in hockey skates? Like... that's what i mean
1: (laughs) like he got cast on a teen tv show rollerblading in a park
0: yep oh my god i forgot
2: how good he was (laughs) oh my god and that's the mess that is ricochet that is a lot
0: it was just like yeah like after that last episode that was so whiplashy for traumatic reasons this had a lot of trauma still But it just – the way it ended was just like, boop. let's end. I'm going to take you out of it now.
2: Yeah, like, even though it took me so long to get through, I feel like once it ended, I was just like, that's it? Like, this is how we're going to end this? Right. Because it It doesn't feel like we fixed anything.
0: Right. Like, it was almost like we ended on another cliffhanger, even though it wrapped – It. I I don't know. It was weird. But – and we only
2: have – One episode left and then the the two-part finale, I think. Yeah. Or, like, two episodes left and then the two-part finale. You're so close to the end. So to, like, be bringing in Gwyn who can't leave for a few days because she's got a bullet wound and, like.
0: Exactly. All
2: this other stuff. This is a wild episode.
0: Yep. So (laughs) that being said, do you have a quote of the week? I do, and we actually didn't talk about it. So okay. it's not one I've mentioned yet. Well, then my first guess is
2: when Sarah Edmonds first comes in to say that she can't take the job and then Janet and Brandon look at Steve. Steve says, I don't know what I did, <laughs> which is just a very Steve thing to say. I don't know what yes. I did. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think I have like one And it's Valerie talking to uh, Brandon about the proposal. And she's like, let's recap. You traded your entire future to have sex instead of an argument you couldn't win.
0: That one was excellent. And legitimately was like probably was going to be the one. Um, Because that was just like, again, like that was just Val being like, so this is what like for the viewers out there. Let me make sure I'm really driving this home to make sure that all of you understand what's happening here. (laughs) but it wasn't
2: yeah. it. I, all of my quotes are just people being silly. Like Noah saying, "I
1: had no idea Gwen was in love with me." <laughs> like I yeah, the only valid. The only other thing I wrote down was Kelly just a whiplash moment of them fighting versus loving each other and Kelly's like, "Remind me how you worship me and can't bear a minute without me." And Brandon's is like something exactly like that and then they kiss and I'm like shut the fuck up I hate you both right now
0: <laughs> well that none of those were my quotes my quote ended up being <laughs> it was when we were at the Beverly Beat and Janet Stephen Brandon were talking about all of the different interview candidates that they had had thus far and Brandon and Janet clearly want Sarah except Steve because he was physically attracted to her and then Janet's talking about, like, the pros and cons of hiring her, and she goes, well, if we don't hire her, it's because you like her, and that would be discriminatory, but if we do, you'll find some way to entice her, alienate her, and generally ruin the workplace for us all. (laughs) And I was like, yep, girl, Janet, get in there. (laughs) I...
2: Did really love that scene, even though we didn't talk about it, because that's also the one where they're so tired and Brandon just yes. like snuggles up on Janet and is like, Steve, keep your pants on and your trap shut.
0: Yep, exactly.
2: Oh, what about you, Mary? Did you have a moment this week?
1: Um. Kind of. And it's about the first proposal. Um, When Kelly tells Donna and Donna is thrilled and she's like, tell me everything. What did he say? What did you say? And I just wanted to be like, well, Donna, first, (laughs) Kelly was going through Brandon's pockets. And then the conversation begins with, I don't trust you. And then they fight. And then Brandon says, marry me. And I say, okay, like... (laughs) That's their romantic proposal story.
0: Right? Like, how (laughs) cute.
2: No, my favorite part is that Donna is so positive through all of it. I want to know how Kelly spun it. I want to hear how she didn't start with, well, I don't trust him, and I think he's cheating on me, so I went through his pockets.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. I actually have another one. Um, It's also during that same little section where they're, like, popping back and forth between the reactions and Valerie does her exaggerated sexual, yes, yes. And then it cuts to Donna saying, Yes, of course, I'll be your maid of honor. <laughs> that was hilarious. That. Genius cinematography. Loved it. <laughs>
0: no, Way no, to go, Donna Potsy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Potsy got that one nailed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so all of that
2: being said and knowing that brandon has proposed twice and we are apparently getting a wedding soon what is next week
0: all right so next week we have season eight episode 30 the fundamental things apply
2: okay and tell me is it 31 and 32 are the finale okay because that is correct like there's no way to avoid that spoiler it's on the dvds the wedding part one and part two
0: yes But I'm just
2: wondering how soon we're going to get there.
0: So soon, so soon.
2: Yeah, and okay. The fundamentals, what the fundamentals will apply.
0: Zoe said the fundamental thing. Sorry, the fundamental things apply. The fundamental things apply.
1: What does Um, that mean? I don't know.
2: Nobody knows what it means. The last, like, three I've really struggled with. I No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Back2Podcast.
0: You can also send us an email with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns at back podcast at gmail.com.
1: That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com.
0: And
2: don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All of this stuff really helps us get seen and build a community. And that way we can give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate that you remind us how much you worship us and that you can't go a minute without us. And if you do it, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate that. So until next week, from all of us at Back To Podcast. I have to go to the top of a Ferris wheel with my best friend, Gwyneth.
0: I have to go get some new headshots so that next time I have a job interview, I can present my headshot.
1: (laughs) I gotta go follow up on some promises I'm owed from several years ago. Bye. Bye. See ya.